Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends. Simon Miller here. The host of Simon Miller's Wrestling Show. There's no need to say that because there's nobody else on this show. Oftentimes, I've thought about getting somebody else in, but it doesn't work if you're in the if you're not in the same room. And I live in the middle of nowhere these days. But that is a different story for a different time. My internet is terrible. Never move <laughs> to the middle of nowhere. Oh, let's go live in uh, rural areas. No, let's not move me back into the city. Damn it! It's much more fun there. But there is uh, so much we have to talk about. After a crazy, and let's face it, a little bit of an exhausting week in professional wrestling. And if you have never li- listened to this before, no, we're not going to get into AEW is better than NXT or NXT is better than AEW. I just thought, well, I did think it was an awesome night of pro wrestling. But at the same time, would I want to do that every week? No, I wouldn't. I mean, I enjoyed it back in the late 90s, but I've grown up now. I'm an old man. And I just, I would just, what I would like to do is all the wrestling companies to get together. NWA apparently are relaunching the uh, the territory system, which I don't understand. But what I would like to happen is WWE and Ring of Honor and Impact and AEW all sit down and they go, right, Raw's going to be Monday. And then uh, NXT is Tuesday. AEW is Wednesday. Impact can be Thursday. SmackDown can be Friday. Collision can be Saturday. And if there's anybody else that needs to run, we'll just put it on a Sunday, right? Let's all just stay out of each other's lane so we don't have this craziness. And I understand why people get so mad about it. I know that they're crazies. But anyone that, look, if you do have a proper affiliation for WWE or AEW or whoever, right? More power to you. There's nothing wrong with that. And if that's the kind of wrestling you enjoy and you don't even want to bother with anything else, you should be perfectly allowed to do that. But it's when it gets aggressive and people go on the attack and people start shouting things. It's like, what are you doing? I mean, nobody has, what's the word I'm looking for? But everybody's argument falls down straight away anyway. Because if you're all like, rah, rah, WWE, and you go yell at an AW guy, that AW guy can come back and go, well, I'm just going to do the same about AW. And if the WWE person says, well, no, that's wrong. It's like, well, then we're both wrong. Or we're both right. Which is, I don't get, I just, I worry I don't want to be a horrible person. You know, I like to be nice. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. But I kind of feel like these people need real lives. (laughs) Because the wrestlers don't care. Even Edge, Adam Copeland, came out and said that after his big jump, he doesn't give a chip. You know, Triple H came out and says, I don't care. Adam Copeland's gone to AW. Good for him. You know, no one cares (laughs) within the industry. And I suppose where I get a little bit annoyed is that this is good for pro wrestling. Like, we've seen it on television. Adam Copeland going to AEW, one of the coolest things ever. Jade Cargill becoming an even bigger star in front of our eyes. The money, the extra money in the the competition and the storylines. That's why it's good to have more than one major promotion. And look, I think we can all agree, WWE is miles ahead of anybody else. They are the industry leader, as people say. But you can still have a really, really good... I don't want to call it a number two. It's not a number two to me. I look forward to Dynamite and Collision every single damn week. And I look forward to Raw and I look forward to SmackDown. I do. I still watch NXT and I still get through Rampage. That's how I, I don't mean that. I mean, I find a way to, to watch it is what I mean. Because I enjoy professional wrestling. And that's as far as it goes for me. And I suppose, you know, we could go down the path that many people do, which is all, once again, rabble, rabble, rabble. But then, you know, I get a tax bill... Or I find out, I'm just speculating here, this is not things that happened in my real life. Or I find out a family member is ill, or, you know, something happens in my own life. I'm like, I don't care. 
that Swerve Strickland lost to Brian Danielson. <laughs> who cares? Like, who cares? I don't, I really, really don't understand it. I respect the passion, but I never think you should be overly aggressive. And listen, I'm not going to get into Tony Khan's tweets uh, or posts, whatever the hell we're calling them, uh, calling them these days. I respect that man and I appreciate that man very, that man very much because I do think he's poured his heart and soul into AEW and I don't think we should forget that. But, well, that's my point, to be honest. I just think it's awesome... Well, twofold. I think it's awesome to see someone that cares that much. But also, you can say what you like about his tweets, but they're very much a retaliation from these absolutely mad people. I assume spamming his account 24 hours a day. I mean, I get it, and I'm small fry compared to somebody like Tony Khan. So I just want everyone to be healthy and happy, and then people get mad at that, and they call me, you're too positive, Simon. They say, what was the thing I got the other day? Your inability <laughs> to be critical about wrestling is what is keeping the industry back. So there, if you didn't know, I am the reason. So the next time you see a bad segment on wrestling television, please, Simon316, patreon.com, Simon316, go to grandmind.com, Simon, like all this stuff, cameo, Simon Miller, TikTok, Simon J. Miller, all this stuff. I'm to blame, and you can come yell at me, which is why I'm the board a-hole, which also kind of ties in. That was the funniest part of the week for me. So there was some report that Triple H and Shawn Michaels had said something disparaging about Tony Khan. Again, it's all speculation, I don't know. And Tony had decided to, to quote tweet it, and he just had the board asshole uh, joke from Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the amount of people that sent that to me was wonderful. I'm very happy that I'm associated with the board a-hole, because, of course, we went out of our way to make that happen. So now that it has happened, well, once again, you can't, you can never enjoy it just for what it is. Why have we started the show like this? I don't know. But there's still so many people going, oh, Simon, is the curb your enthusiasm, don't? Yes, I know. I don't actually think Tony Khan was referencing me. Pretty sure Tony Khan doesn't know who I am, and nor should he. Also, Curb Your Enthusiasm is genuinely one of my favorite shows ever, if not the number one. So don't you come into my house and don't tell me I don't know about Larry David. Listen, hear that? I respect Wood. Okay, let's get on to the topic of today's show. I only bring this in because I understand a lot of people are bored talking about it. It is exhausting, much like ratings wars. But it's certainly the story in the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Shout out to Dave Meltzer. Make sure you subscribe, should you so wish, that we'll get the most headlines. And that is, I mean, early in the week, it was like, oh my gosh, CM Punk is coming back to WWE because Shinsuke Nakamura did a GTS and Corey Graves keeps making all these references probably just wrestlers popping themselves to watch us all go nuts. But according to Dave Meltzer, he has spoken to WWE sources who have said there is no interest in CM Punk coming back. It was a Vince McMahon call. So that's it. I mean, could we be being worked? Absolutely. Nothing wrong with being worked. That's the whole point of the business, the industry. And I'm kind of in two worlds about it because, you know, the Adam Copeland arrival at WrestleDream, one of my favorite moments of the year because a surprise debut, especially when it's jumping ship, is just one of the coolest things that you can do in wrestling. It just is. It refreshes the character, especially when you can bring your own presentation along, which CM Punk could do. And look, we can get into the backstage stuff and the controversy and say it's this guy's fault or it's that guy's fault. I don't know because I wasn't there. So I have no information. I have no actual facts that I can base this on. So I like to look at these things as a fan. And of course, if you're watching Survivor Series, we have war games. And the good guy team, or the bad guy team, depending on what you want to do, needs a fifth member. And all of a sudden, CM Punk turns up in Chicago, like I say. You're going to have one of those moments you remember forever, because wrestling mostly is about moments. And if we did it at the Royal Rumble, number 30, he comes CM Punk. If we did Cody versus CM Punk at WrestleMania, oh my gosh, you know. There's so many scenarios, and 
I don't mean this as depressing as it sounds, but one day I'm going to be dead. So give me as much chaos as possible. I'm not backstage. I don't have to worry about contracts or finances or people throwing tantrums. What I do have to worry about is what I see on my TV every single week. And I want the most crazy, unexpected. I don't mean like Vince Russo. I mean stuff like, again, Adam Copeland, CM Punk. So I guess I am disappointed in that way. I don't even care because I know there was a big discourse of, oh, well, CM Punk said, you know, he would never return to WWE because that made him really sick. All right, well, things change and life moves on. You know, he's a 43, 44-year-old man. And sure, there's a, there would be a hypocritical nature to it and you can roll your eyes a little bit. But I think sometimes it's best to change with the times and go after opportunities and make sure you are satisfying that hole in your stomach that just sometimes needs to be filled as opposed to going well one time i said this so i should never do it again and it did say some very silly things in hindsight but i do that you do that we all do that you have to be able to roll with the punches and move um, and move on and it really i mean i don't think cm punk is done with wrestling and of course this could change tomorrow somebody could wake up and go oh my gosh we haven't sold this show out or you know we're looking at ratings trends and we're actually heading in the wrong direction quick somebody give you know mr brooks a call but i ultimately think in terms of professional wrestling in the interim because whenever he goes back to wwe is a big deal it doesn't matter if he works for every single other wrestling promotion under the sun because of the um or bad blood i suppose or the backlash or the feedback or the fallout from his wwe exit just him being there and the hitting is going to once again cause headlines but if he was able to go to impact wrestling for a while i think that'd be awesome just for the um the overall landscape of wrestling because he is a huge name whether you like it or not he is a huge star that would create intrigue and impact is a really good show right now they have a lot a lot of good matches a lot a really good roster and it just feels like you know everyone talks about the vibe of a of a promotion they must have the best vibe of any promotion everyone just seems so happy and they all go out and hang out with each other and they all put on like i say good matches and it's crazy and you've got cody dean stabbing eric young and him coming back from the dead <laughs> i absolutely love it. you got pco being crazy although i think he's leaving soon you got rhino still doing his thing heath is there uh, you know brian myers does a good job it's just yeah, just I don't know, I've not touched on anybody. Diana Parazzo is awesome. Mickey James is still good. Josh Alexander, one of the most underrated guys in the game. Alex Shelley finally being a world champion. Chris Dabin still smashing it in the X Division. You know, it's really, really cool to see. And I think CM Punk has that kind of star power. Maybe they could add an extra 500 people to their tapings. Maybe 1,000. Maybe it would boost their pay-per-views. Because, of course, Bound for Glory is in a couple of weeks. Could he show up there? I don't know. And I understand. I don't mean this disparagingly. Because I really do love Impact. I think they've done a wonderful job. And the fact they've been around since 2002 is an absolute credit to them but they're not really showing any major signs of growth they are absolutely behind wwe and aw and i actually think they had a good they have a good enough product to compete in terms of entertainment but you just need to add a few bells and whistles in there and cm punk could absolutely do that and if we could get impact up to that level look i'm the first to say there is way too much wrestling on television i know i watch it all but i would much rather see impact grow than degrow which is not a word so I really do think that could put them over the top. And maybe if he goes there for a year or however long and uh, terrible, terrible phrase by me, I do apologize. But, you know, keeps his um, feet clean. That's not right. Keeps his nose clean. Whatever the phrase is, you know, it doesn't cause any of it much of a ruckus. Maybe the word gets out that he is a little bit more chill. WWE feels more confident and he goes back there. Nothing wrong with that. I think that, again, you have the overall uh, positive vibe and then you have the oh my gosh i can't believe it vibe with him going back to wwe but i don't think we're going to see it soon i very of course we could be being tripped but i think it'd be very silly to move away from you know if it, if all these teasers on television were to signify that cm punk is coming back just don't say anything just let it fester let it grow 
Yeah, that's what AEW did when he came back at the first dance, the second dance, whatever the hell we're calling it. And it was excellent. So um, was it the last dance? I don't know. But I, I think that it, to absolutely poo-poo that and then, oh my gosh, he does turn up, that kind of, you know, that's not fun. So I think the reason that WWE has done this is so they don't want everyone in Chicago going, oh my gosh, CM Punk's going to be there and he doesn't turn up and then everyone's disappointed. And we do do that. You know, in fans of any walk of life, you set your own expectation bar and then when it's not met, you're angry. Whereas technically you're angry, angry with yourself. Happens with the England football team a lot. They're playing Australia this evening in a friendly. But yeah, before any big tournament, everyone decides that England are going to win. And then even if they do really well because they didn't win, we all decide they're a disappointment. I'm like, well... Anyway, that's not a story for today. So it will be fascinating. I look forward to see what goes on with CM Punk. And most, you know, as I always say, as, as, as stupid as this may be, I just want him to be happy. And I want everyone to be happy. And that includes the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and anybody else, Jack Perry, anybody else that may have been may have been involved. In terms of all the wrestling we did have this week, yes, I thought that uh, NXT was a good show. We are bringing that back on this Wednesday for ups and downs, should you so care. And if you don't watch it, it will go away again. Everybody always asks me this. It's a views-based business, sadly. And if um, we don't get the views, we have to get rid of it. So this really is the last chance saloon for NXT. So please do watch it if you don't want it to go away again. But the NXT was a good show. Obviously, it didn't really feel like a proper episode of NXT because they loaded it up so much. But look, man, I'm a nerd. Seeing Cody in there and announce the two tournaments and um, you know be the GM, that was fun. Undertaker at the end. I mean, ut- utterly ridiculous, but cool. John Cena in NXT ring was surreal. I can't even remember. It was Oscar. Oscar's my favorite thing. They really pushed the idea that Oscar's never been beaten in an NXT ring before. And she did. She posted something with the NXT title or something. I would like to see Oscar not necessarily go back to NXT. I don't know, but I think we should do something with Oscar. She's such a good you know, wrestler. Easily one of the best wrestlers ever as far as I'm concerned. So if we could do something there, I think that may actually have uh, awesome repercussions down the line. Much as Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton have shown. And I can't even remember who else they're now. Paul Heyman's always good. We know the deal there. But it, it wasn't, if that was the first NXT you'd ever watched, which it probably was for a lot of people, you can't hang your hat on that because it's going to change massively before, you know, before we get to, to, to next week. But that's fine. We had the first round of the women's breakout tournament with uh, Palmer and uh, I can't remember the other person's name because I'm still learning about these people, right? They're brand new. Saw a lot of criticism to that match. I always watch it. Like they are brand new wrestlers having a wrestling match on live TV because they are. And you can say, well, why? are we doing this great point that's a different video for a different day but if we are going to do it i actually thought they showed promise there were some fumbles there was some clearly rabbit in the headlights moments but again not that you cannot criticize it if you haven't been in the ring that's not what i'm saying but as a man that has been in the ring i know how easily these things can happen when you don't have the experience and that's why i liked it and that's why i kind of um that's why I kind of got on got on board with it for a little bit. But otherwise, really fun show. Obviously, the standouts are Camelo Hayes, Brom Breaker. I love Nathan Frazier, even though he didn't do anything um, on, on this particular episode. And there was somebody else that I wanted to shout out as well. And now I've forgotten because I'm an idiot. Obviously, Elia Dragunov, but you will know about him. It was somebody else under the radar. It's gone. So there's no point worrying about it. And AEW, I just thought, was a fantastic wrestling show you know it was just I mean, there was a lot of angles on there but brian danielson versus swerve is one of my favorite matches of the year brian danielson is one of the best wrestlers ever swerve is finally getting his due i really like, i always watched swerve and knew he was good but he did a progress show pff, sometime last year and he took on cara noir and in that moment i saw how he adapted to the what progress had asked of him and cara as a different kind of opponent and you could just tell this guy's got it this guy's going to be a super duper star and he should probably be the world champion within a couple of years he's that good and if you haven't seen it yet you will eventually because i totally think he's going to win 
He's going to win everybody over. I love the main event so much. Adam Copeland versus Luchasaurus. I mean, it all ties in. I think Adam Copeland is probably a genius at laying out wrestling matches. Because while it felt WWE, it also felt more like him. And it was just everything was so well-timed and all the little spots. I'm so happy Christian Cage is finally getting his due. You know, I don't want to be that guy. It means I'm going to be that guy. And you can get mad at me and turn the podcast off because I'm annoying you. But when he signed for AEW and everyone was like, oh, I can't believe this Christian Cage has been ruined. I was like, nah, man, this is going to be awesome. A Christian Cage where he's allowed to have creative input and be his own man is going to rule. Surprise, surprise, he absolutely rules. And now I think he's the biggest star in AEW or one off. And the promo he cut beforehand when he explained everything was excellent. I like this Nick Wayne turn. I like the fact we treated Luchasaurus as a monster and we had an out for him with the title and him thinking maybe Christian had clocked him. But again, it was just the way that everything flowed together. And I presume Christian and Adam Copeland put that together and I just loved it I loved I really really loved it to the fact I watched it twice <laughs> because I'm a massive loser and I'm sure there was a bunch I, I I you'll be surprised to hear I'm a big fan of the Adam Cole and MJF and uh, Kingdom and Roderick Strong stuff I get that it's not for everybody and those skits are kind of winding people up I love silliness I love giraffes with strong necks this ties back to what I said in earlier I like silly stuff, and I like it when wrestlers can be silly. I don't think everything should be serious. I don't believe this saying that funny, uh, um, funny don't make money. It makes money with me. Anytime anybody makes me laugh on a, tele- a wrestling television show, I usually buy a piece of their merchandise. So, so that is me, yeah, giving some money out. And I'm very excited for MJF versus Jay White at full gear as well. You can go either way with it too. If Jay White wins, I've seen what he can do with the New Japan title. He was awesome. He felt like a main event guy. And if Maxwell Jacob Friedman... I can't remember what comes first. I don't know if he breaks Kenny Omega's record as a, the, the championship reign record. I don't know if it's before or after full gear, but I think it would be cool if he did break that reign. But if he loses it, it's not a problem because he's babyface now. And the babyface in the chase usually usually is pretty good. So yeah, just two amazing shows. I like everything we do in Jericho and Omega. I love the fact that Powerhouse Hobbs squashed Jericho. I thought that rocked. I thought, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs has been ready to go for a while. It's the same with the stuff we did on Collision. Everybody was going, oh, Cash Wheeler's injured, Cash Wheeler's injured. And I bought into it too. But as it turned out, Dax and Cash just wanted to turn Big Bill and Ricky Starks into superstars. So they had them run through them, which I love. That's what, here's a quick aside. I'm not going to name names. You know who I'm talking about. But look, I don't know these people, so I don't want to throw shade. So I'm just totally focusing on their opinion. But people keep saying that there's no stories in AEW, and that blows my brain. Like the Orange Cassidy stuff right now, I know it wasn't part of the plan, but it certainly was beforehand. And him telling the story of, I will not lose this title. I care about this title. I've never cared about anything before. But I'm just going to give my body for this until I totally give out. That's a story. I don't care what anybody says. That, oh, it's an angle. No, it's not. That's a story. And when I was watching those matches, I could see how he was adapting on the fly in order to continue that on. And now that he has become the champion again, which once again was not meant to be the plan, it kind of feels like we're going to spice this up a bit. And he's so happy to have it back. I'm not saying we're going to get a heel Orange Cassidy, but maybe we get a little bit of a more torn Orange Cassidy. Somebody that maybe is willing to go into troubled lands to keep that championship. I mean, he could even leave the best friends and join the Backball Combat Club. You know, maybe you could do something like that. And then, once again, you're kind of painting him as a villain, but you're not really. And then you can continue on that feud, which obviously ties into everything at All In. But that, I think the Hangman Adam Page Swerve stuff is excellent in the terms of... I understand the Hangman Adam Page stuff was a little bit convoluted because he was clearly tying it into CM Punk, but I still knew what he was talking about. And then we go back to the MJF story. The man finally has a friend, and he's so insecure as a human, he's worried that his friend's going to turn his back on him. 
How, that, that's not a story, apparently. Apparently, that's just a way to build to another match. I don't get it. I don't think these people are watching the show. And once again, you don't have to like these stories. You can think there are oh, crap and more power to you, my friend. But yeah, I think there's... I think there's loads. And I really like Dynamite. I really like NXT. I really like Raw. I, th- I, think, I, think, I think I gave Raw all ups this week, and I've got no uh, no bones about that at all. Love the tag team match. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn versus Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso, who are the brand new tag team champions. And I think, um, obviously, I'm recording this before SmackDown. It sounds like they're doing an open challenge on there. So what does that mean? But I'm sure it will tie into something. Obviously, we're building to War Games, and I think we're doing it very, very well. And the question is, you know, who's on you know each other team it's why the bloodline and the judgment day made that pact but i just you know i suppose if i was going to give some criticism towards wwe i think shinsuke nakamura could have won that championship but i don't care ultimately that he didn't especially because now we're going to the saudi arabia shows with drew versus seth now do i think drew should win the championship absolutely i wasn't massively on board for this hill turn when it no no not for the hill turn i wasn't massively on board for the story when it started because i thought we were going to play out the stuff with riddle for too long and actually it sounds like we were going to but then always very sad don't want anyone to get released but he did get released and i think it kind of pushed wwe into a corner where they focus more on drew and i love the fact that everything he's saying is totally true he's just kind of doing it in a dickhead asshole way that is the best way to become a villain it's almost like mgf in the way that he's become babyface he doesn't come out now going oh i love you guys well he does a little bit but now he just tur- he's still a dick but he turns his attentions to other people that are dicks so now he's our dick right or our, <laughs> or our scumbag drew is doing the same drew is mad because jay uso is getting a free pass even though he cost him the universal championship and yet when Drew doesn't get involved in other people's business, as he has said, then people get mad at him. And it's like, okay, so you're willing to forgive Jay. I've been doing good stuff all this time, and I get nothing but grief. I don't know whether he's going to turn here before we get to Saudi Arabia. Maybe he could even lose in Saudi Arabia. Something happens, and that's when he goes full-on bad guy. But I think by the Royal Rumble, uh, Drew McIntyre should be, the uni- uh, should be the world heavyweight champion. I don't think it hurts Seth at all to lose it. You could probably even tie it back into... The back injury that he's had, which is a little bit of a funny story, because now we kind of always have to do it, but we're not going. We're not going to do that. But there's absolute money in Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre, even though my girlfriend doesn't like it. She knows nothing about wrestling, my girlfriend, but she'll always see me watching it. She can't stand it when two identical people are fighting. <laughs> and let's face it, Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, aside from their height, they do have very similar features. There was one, I don't, it was years ago, but there was some kind of segment or some kind of um, huzzah when it was Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, and Elias. And she just had a meltdown. She was just like, this is ridiculous. Why do these people not have new looks? I'm like, you know what? I can't argue with you. I can't. Imagine Bobby Roode, although Bobby Roode has short hair. Who's got long hair and a beard? Dark hair. And, uh, there'll be somebody that I'm not thinking of, but it was. Um, it was genuinely, genuinely funny. So, yeah, and, and SmackDown, I always think, is a good show. Is a good show too. I mean, it's all about the rise of LA Knight right now. I suppose at Survivor Series we're going to do Roman Reigns versus LA Knight. That's interesting. Maybe even do it at Saudi Arabia show either at a forthcoming premium live event. It's difficult because you don't want. I mean, Roman Reigns is not going to lose to LA Knight. It's just not the case. He's at least going to get to WrestleMania 40. He'll either fight The Rock or Cody Rhodes. Again, we don't know. But if you do a bloodline flub finish, as we have been doing for three years, is that just going to irk the crowd even more? Is this an occasion where actually we need to pin LA Knight clean? But then, of course, absolutely bring it into the conversation. You know, why didn't we do that with Drew, Sammy, Kevin, Finn Balor all the way back then, um, Cody? You know, why would you do it with LA Knight when he's the most organic and hottest baby face that you do have? But I kind of think it's why... 
we're kind of in between a rock and a hard place. You do not want to piss the audience off by doing another, oh, I can't believe it. But alternatively is you pin LA Knight, like I say, one, two, three in the middle of the ring after a spear, and you're still going to get rage. So WWE is going to have to handle this very, very well because they have something with LA Knight. They just do. And I always, I always feel like there's a barometer test you can do, not just, you know, with people getting reactions, but in your own life. And as soon as you're shouting their catchphrase back, to, uh, back in your house or you know, just walking around in your real life, so you just go, yeah, to things, it's like, there it is. Or you can't get their theme song out of the head. And you put the theme song on in your headphones and you pretend you're that guy. These are the two things, the unspoken things that we know that when it happens, you're probably heading in the right direction. But look, he could lose to Roman Reigns and then go win... I don't think he'll win the Intercontinental title, but could you win the, win the US title if Samos Escobar goes heel and does something there? Super happy that Cal- Carlito's back as well. I'm such a Carlito fan. I even liked it after all the stories came back in, uh, came out back in the day when it was like, well, Carlito didn't get a push because he was like laid back. It's like, wonderful. What a great way to be. And also, an apple is part of his gimmick. How can you hate that? You, you, you totally can't. So I assume he's doing something with the LWO and Rey Mysterio and the, and, and the US Championship because that's what's happening right now. And on that note, as a quick aside too, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller together. That's a majestic pairing. Austin Theory, I still believe, actually would be a better babyface because I've seen him in clips backstage where he's just whatever his real name is. And he has a there's a warmth to him, which sounds weird. But if you could actually spotlight that in front of the cameras, maybe they can't. Maybe it's just not something he's able to show. I actually think people would warm to him. And Grayson Waller is just, what a wonderful asshole that guy is. I hope we push him to the moon. I hope we have a massive, not a championship match, well, world championship match. But I hope we have some kind of massive match planned for him at WrestleMania. And it doesn't matter if he wins or loses, he's that guy. Just keep it going, keep it rolling, and keep him as a focal point. He's absolutely a WrestleMania main eventer if things go well over the next few years. I mean, how many times have we said that and then... Something something crazy happens out of nowhere. Same with Pretty Deadly. Not that I think they're going to be WrestleMania main eventers. But that kind of character. I love that kind of character. It's just fun. Just, you know, funny but awful person. <laughs> These are the things that I enjoy the most because I'm a very, 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 very strange man. What else did I want to talk about? There was something else I wanted to talk about. I thought about talking about KSI versus Tommy Fury. But I'm just going to say there's a video up on my YouTube channel right now. Search for Simon Miller if you want to get my thoughts on that. I am that guy. I am going to be watching it just because I'm so fascinated by it. I assume that Tori Fumi will win. Although right now, Dylan Dallas versus Logan Paul has taken over. I don't know whether you've seen the controversy going down today, but well, yesterday it started. D- Dylan Dallas uh, hit Logan Paul with a microphone after he threw a prime bottle into his penis. And that cut Logan Paul open. Then today, apparently, he's missing weight and not turning up for the weight. Made me laugh. So all boxers obviously weigh in the morning before the fight. But the ceremonial weigh-in, I guess, happens usually about 5, 6 o'clock. And it was hilarious to me as Twitter found out today. What, that's not the real weigh-in? No, they they do their weights when there's not thousands of people going, Whoa, blood, blood, blood. So that, so that made me chuckle. But um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on right now. I mean... The next pay-per-view is probably Saudi Arabia for WWE, and then we have full gear. But the amount of shows that we've got at the moment is absolutely crazy. I think there's a Battle of the Belts coming up soon, too. But we're kind of blessed to have this much content. You can pick and choose what you want. Again, spoilers are plentiful. No problem with spoilers. There was a conversation I saw the other day. There was a, a tweet a tweet going around, and the picture is a dude watching a, v, a CRT TV. And it's back in the day, let's just say 1992. And they said, back in my day, we didn't have spoilers. And wrestling was so much better. And it's like, well, one, no, there's always been spoilers. 
I remember the first time, it's like 1998, and I found out I could read up what happened on WWF TV. I was like, this is amazing. And I told all my friends. So let's not pretend that. But also, if it wasn't for spoilers, I, ne I probably never would have got back into wrestling. Well, no, I probably would have done, but maybe not to the extent that I have, because I did the usual hiatus when you go to university and there's no way to watch it, so you just sort of naturally uh, tune out. But when I got back into it and I started reading all the backstage stories and this is happening and that is happening, that's what really hooked me. And that actually made me enjoy the in-ring product more. So I'm not going to sit here right now and go, I don't like spoilers. And I also do think it's quite easy to avoid them. Just come off the internet. That is not a bad thing. The internet is an awful, awful place. <laughs> you can take a day off. Like, I get it. I may as well talk about this as we've naturally got here. But so many people are like, Simon, why does what culture keep putting spoilers in the thumbnail? Because everybody does it. And very sadly, we live in a world where if you didn't experience it firsthand, you missed it right? You just did and nobody cares about you anymore. And I mean that completely neutral. I get it. I've had loads of stuff spoiled to me over the years. But you have to play the game. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to be able to, to, to fight on the same stage. But I also know that sometimes I don't want anything spoiled and I'm able to do it very easily. I just don't turn on any social media app and I don't go on the internet and I turn off my notifications. I go out of my way because if I actually care that much, I put myself in a little bubble. So, you know, I often do that with ups and downs as well. Not always. Sometimes, you know, there's just so many other things going on and you can't stay away from it. But when there's a big show, especially at the Royal Rumble, I do not like the Royal Rumble being spoiled for me. So I just, yeah, cut myself off for three, four hours and it's fine and I survive. I get it. You can say, Simon, it's different for you because you're doing your job. Totally get it. That That's more than fair. But I suppose if you really care that much, <laughs> sacrifice sleep. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Look, it's not ideal. It's not ideal either way, but you just, it, it's just one of those things. And I, like I say, I'm never, ever going to criticize spoilers because that absolutely was one of the things, along with many, many others, where I was just like, well, this is cool. I love reading about it. And look at it now. It's now bigger than ever. People in you know, the whole Tony Khan versus Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus NXT versus AEW is all based on that. And I never understand why anybody would want a TV show to do bad ratings. That to me is like, you know, wanting to, an animal to see harm. Like, what have you got out of this? Nothing. How has this benefited your life? It hasn't at all. You're just a weird, strange person. But again, you do you. I'm not going, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to get mad at it. Otherwise, is there anything else that we should be talking about news-wise? I know Ric Flair did an interview and said he wanted to get back in the ring, but then he quickly, swiftly said, no, I don't. I said he feels like he'd get back in the ring, but he's not going to. Once again, I'm not going to tell Ric Flair what to do. Maybe one day I'm 75 and I want to get in the ring. And I wouldn't like it if somebody in their mid-30s said, I don't think you should get in the ring. I'm like, Who are you, kid? I'm going to die soon. Talked about that a lot today. You know, I want to be able to... I want to be able to, to, to live my life. And I suppose, you know, before all of this week, it was just Adam Copeland jumping to AEW, which was the which was the coolest thing. Although it is Mr. Co versus Rocky Romero Jr. Obviously, that's Sin Cara, Mr. Co, if you don't know, from WWE. I think they're on Rampage next week, which means now AEW is working with CMLL. And Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, I should say, has wanted to work with CMLL for ages. There's a dude down there, Blue something, I can't remember his name. He's wanted to work for ages. And given that he has said over the next 12 months he's going to drastically reduce his schedule, again, I think he's retiring. He's just taking a step back to spend more time with his family and more power to him. I mean, you can't say he hasn't given us a lot. I would love it if, if the Zack Sabre Jr. match, awesome, do a round two. This guy, you've got to do Kenny Omega again. We haven't seen Brian Danielson versus Will Ospreay. Well, if we have, I haven't seen it. So there's so many dudes we need to tick that box, which is why I'm glad we got that swerve match because that was a match that I personally wanted to see. So yeah, 
that should be super duper exciting as well. But overall, great week for professional wrestling. I think you were sport for choice. New Japan had a show as well that I wasn't even to, to catch up with, but I do believe it's now Naito versus Sonata in the Wrestle Kingdom main event, so that will rock. I know Sonata's not the best IWGP champion there is, but Naito is a superstar. And if you crown Naito, has Naito ever had his crowning moment at Wrestle Kingdom? He probably has. He's just lost so many times that that's all, all I remember is the sadness and him and him landing on his neck. So we shall now transition into the questions and we shall answer some of those, which I'm sure naturally will pick up some of the news bulletins. So sit down and we're going to do that right now. And we shall start with ABD, who says, I'd love to hear you tell us your favorite match ever from WWE and AEW. Oof, that's really, really difficult. I mean, well, no. My favorite WWE match is Steve Austin versus Bret Hart from WrestleMania 13, because it's my favorite match ever. So that's obviously going to be my favorite. And from terms of AEW, probably MJF versus Brian Danielson, the Iron Man match. I don't know if that's true, but it's the first thing that just popped into my head. So I must have liked it a lot. And also, I'm a big fan of MJF, and I'm a big fan of Brian Danielson. So those two coming together uh, probably had something to do with it. I'm sure I will wake up tomorrow I go, oh, I didn't think of this one. But I'm happy with that choice right now. That's what matters. Mind Runner says, who has been the best at goofy wrestling for life this year? Timeless Tony Storm, Juice Robinson, Prince Nana, or Neck Strong? Well, I would give it to Timeless Tony Storm to the point I should have talked about her in uh, our previous conversation. I think that character and I think that gimmick is wonderful. That's everything I like in wrestling, right? It's why I go on about Repo Man all the time because Repo Man decided he was going to repossess things and for some reason that was going to benefit him as a professional wrestler. And Timeless Tony Storm has decided, well, she went crazy after losing the championship, that she is actually a, what, 1920s Hollywood starlet to the point she's going to make silent movies in the picture in picture, which I thought was a work of genius. I love everything she does in the ring. And I think we can continue to build on this because she's clearly got plans. I think doing the RJ City stuff, also fantastic. All of it, huge tick box. However, Prince Nana's dancing, got to give a shout out to that as well. The dude is committed to say the least. And we've already talked about it. Next Strong has... I don't want to say it's revitalized the careers of Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, but it's gone, it, again, instantly it's shown you, oh, we can do more than just wrestle. And I do think fans need that. So all around, it's been a smash year for Goofy Wrestling, and Dan Housen will be back soon, so I look forward to that. Uh, DeGreen says, is there a wrestling move you'd love to do but haven't tried yet? No, I don't think so. I don't want to do shooting stars or anything like that. Maybe a frog splash. I've done a big splash from the top. But not a frog splash, because sometimes I'm a little worried about doing the sort of wibbly-wobbly bit in the middle. We'll go with the splash of the frogs. I like that move. Sam Williams says, have you ever been to Download Festival? I love it. We used to go every year and got to enjoy NXT Live there for a couple of years. Bumping into the wrestlers, wandering around, watching the main stage was good fun. Yeah, I bet. Yes, basically, over the last 20 years, if Metallica has played Download, I've gone. That's the reason I went. Obsessed with Metallica. I'd have to go back through to see what other bands that I saw because they get confused with Sonosphere and I've been to Reading and Leeds, etc. And other ones too. But I'm pretty sure I saw Slipknot and System of a Down and Tenacious D one year. But it was good. I never went to the NXT ones. I think that would be cool though. It's always, that's always an amazing experience when they're just walking around like normal humans, which is what they are. But it's just cool. Uh, John just said, I don't know. There's not really been much to talk about this week. I agree, John. What a quiet seven days it's been. What the hell would Craig David do? Nelson says, when you started hosting the Progress Wrestling events and during doing them, how much enjoyment did you have? I saw you hosting it when Progress came to Manchester in February 2020, uh, 2022, and you did a bang-up job. Well, dude, that means a lot to me, because that was only my second show, because I only started doing them in January 2022. Um, look, I think we've talked about this before, so excuse me if I'm going over old ground, but I was very flattered to be asked, because the hosting job at Progress was considered 
a mainstay. And obviously, Jim Smalling had been doing it from day one. And I was like, well, there are some shoes to step into. And a lot of people aren't going to want the bald idiot from YouTube doing this. So the fact that you enjoyed it, and a lot of other people have told me that too, that means a lot to me because I was very nervous about it. The first time I did one at the ballroom, the first show I did at the ballroom, I had two promos ready to cut, one which was they're booing me and one which is, oh, they're okay. So, uh, but no, I do really enjoy doing it. But as you may have seen, I am trying to transition uh, more into wrestling there just because, again, I'm not a spring chicken, so I want to get my licks in. Um, but I do love doing it. I love hosting. I love interacting with the live crowd. It's just something that I've enjoyed for the entirety of my life. I know some people hate that, but you know, some people are good at painting, some people are good at drawing. I'm not saying I'm good at it, but I feel comfortable with it. So yes, thank you to Progress for allowing me to do that, but hopefully there's more matches to come. Brute Force Wrestling. If you had any advice for a big lad such as myself for developing a moveset, what would it be? Well, I mean, it all depends on what you're good at. I would always say keep it simple because if it's anything like a card in British wrestling, and I say this is a huge compliment, a lot of the shows are indie-rific, once again, said in a massive positive way. So there's high-flying, there's flippy-dippy-doodah, and amazing stuff. I can't do that. So when I try and do it, I keep my moveset simple. I try and play a strong, brute, brawling, you know, tough guy. Not a tough guy, that's not true. You know what I'm saying, though. And sometimes, actually, on a card with six, seven matches, that will stand out because everybody else has been doing Canadian Destroyers and Hurricane Runners. So, you know, if you are bigger than the average, average bear yeah keep it simple maybe borrow a little bit from 1980s wrestling and just believe in everything you do and if you believe usually the audience will as well uh trent nathan andrew says anything so are you facing a certain scotsman at impact invasion only if i get to punch him in the face for real we won't talk about that here again i i shouldn't have aired down well move on tom talks rubbish says what's the content you are most proud of for 2023 and what's on your content creating bucket list for 2024 uh, selfishly i would love to make our interview for my channel happen well we should do it dude i know i always say it but i mean honestly today is the first day i've been home in a month <laughs> that's not even a lie but i'm very very blessed to do the, the things that i do do here's the thing my man i'm not proud of anything that i do <laughs> this is getting into mental health stuff i'm not saying that pride comes before a fall however I am a guy that very, very, very is aware of keeping my feet to the ground. And I'm not saying if I was proud of my, I don't think, you know, being proud of your work leads to that. I would assume it's probably ties into imposter syndrome or it probably ties into a mental, uh, I don't want to use the word mental health because that's too much, but we'll go with it, but not in a serious way, just in the way that I view myself and the way that I view my content. It's always very much, it's done what's next, it's done what's next, which is not the best way to live. So I don't know, but in 2024, I just want to keep creating. I want to keep growing. I'd like to get numbers up because YouTube is quite a struggle at the moment. I'm sure anyone that's a YouTuber listening to this has gone through similar things. So yeah, onwards and upwards, obviously. John Metcalf says, if you could replace a referee in any match in history, which one would it be? I mean, probably Taker versus Foley at Hell in the Cell. As long as I knew they weren't going to die beforehand, but I don't understand how that would be the case. But I think that would have just been, I mean, what do you even do? It would have been astonishing. I can't even remember who the referee was for that match. Jimmy Corderas, Tim White. Mike Kyoda, maybe a Hebner. He'd been gone by then, hasn't he? I don't know. Probably that one. Who knows? Or maybe a WrestleMania, actually. Maybe The Rock versus John Cena, because imagine that, right? And, and hearing the noise. Or The Rock versus Hogan at WrestleMania 18. That's probably the real answer. Adam says, ultra versions of wrestling characters reserved for the big occasions. Yay or nay? Like the demon, I suppose. I think it depends how you do it. As long as you play it right. There were some occasions where I didn't like the demon version of Finn Balor in WWE because it just happened. Whereas where he did it otherwise, we really did a we did a build up to it. And I think wrestling, you need to build up to things. So yes, having a super duper version of yourself, good. 
There's got to be a reason to when we've got to tie into the story. Ryan Likes Wrestling says, how do you feel about the Juice MJF angle from Dynamite this week? I think with the timing, what's going on in Israel, it's what's generating most of the heat of the angle. Love the podcast and everything else you do. Keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Well, I would implore everyone to go and watch my AEW versus NXT review because I talked about this and probably talked about it more elegantly than I will here just because I got to actually sit down and think about it and articulate it in a good way. But... The way I look at it is this, and I've I've always said this with any kind of angle like that, be it with a Jeff Hardy or, I mean, I can't think of anybody else now, but there's been loads when we're like, we're touching the bone here. As long as MJF is cool with it, then I'm cool with it because it's his decision to do this. You know, nobody would have made him do this and it's his hardships and he's the person that's been through these horrible times. So if he wants to use it into a story, then I think you have to let it play out and see where it goes. And after seeing that he was doing a stand-up to Semitism stand up to anti-semitism or stand up for jewishness or whatever it was yesterday i kind of do believe this idea that right now is arguably the best time to do it because of what what is going on in the world because just go on the internet right now there's a lot of people saying anti-semitic things and some people know what they're doing and maybe more worryingly some people don't so while i always think wrestling has to tread carefully because it is meant to be a form of entertainment if it does teach people a lesson in the long run or maybe opens their eyes to some serious things that are going on, then it probably is a good thing. But again, it's one segment on one show we do not know. And I respect Maxwell Jacob Friedman a lot. And again, I do trust his instincts. So I'm happy to let it play out. And yeah, maybe because of what's going on, it will have even even more impact. And just as we have got here too, yes, I am a very proud Jewish man. I have received a lot of messages asking why I haven't tweeted anything. And it's mostly because the situation is so atrocious on both sides. And, you know, so many innocent people are being killed. I'm not an authority on the situation, right? And I don't think my voice lends anything to that other than the fact that I think it is horrible. And seeing stories about, again, about innocent women, children, men, human beings being killed wrecks me and again i am super super proud of my religion it has helped me in the in the worst and best of times i feel for people on that side but i also feel for people on the other side that are going through traumatic things as well i pray for peace i don't think we're going to get it and that scares me too and don't get me wrong i've already seen what do you call it anti-semitic hate rise in my own sort of small circle which i'm not going to talk about because i don't want to give it the time of day right here now for this podcast and i'm just going to leave it there again i probably haven't got my point across at all which is why i don't want to talk about it but i'm happy to have a chat if anybody would like to get in touch but yeah i just it, it, it's beyond words which is why i'm not giving it many what i do want to do before i leave this though is that regardless of your race your color your culture your life choices i respect you and i want nothing but the best for you right i hopefully that kind of sums up where i am with this we should all be able to live together. We are literally just a bunch of people on a rock floating through space and you should be able to make your own life choices and nobody should be able to hinder those in, in, in any way, no matter what we're talking about. So it's nothing but respect and love from me. And again, if I've said anything that has uh, irked you, please send me a message. I don't think I got my point across. I wasn't really ready for that question, but I don't want to duck it either. But ultimately, yes, that's what it is. We're all individuals. We all deserve to be here. And we all deserve to know that we can walk out the front door and not be scared because that's not a very nice way to live. Shanam says, is Repo Man coming back at the Royal Rumble? Sadly, no, but he should do. Ben says, who was the greatest European champion? And why was it D'Lo Brown? Probably was D'Lo Brown. Or who was it? Who was the Intercontinental and European champion at the same time? Was that D'Lo Brown? I know Kurt Angle did it. I think it was D'Lo Brown. Anyway, D'Lo Brown doesn't get enough credit, so I'm saying D'Lo Brown. I still walk around wiggling my head. I saw someone the other day say the chest protector was a bad gimmick. I was so mad. I was so mad. 
I remember it. 20 years on. It was a good gimmick. Bernard says, do you think you could defeat tiny Peter Austin and confuse Ben Potter in a handicap match? No way, man. They've been good friends for a while. I mean, I love them both, but they'll have chemistry and synergy. They'd absolutely whip my ass and I'd lay down for them too. Seamask says, do you think that they take the championship off Rollins at Crown Jewel and McIntyre finally gets his moment in front of fans or does this all become chaos with a Damian Priest cash-in? The thing is, I think you've got to make... Mm, it's difficult. Because if you make Drew... Because he'd be a heel. And at the moment, Damian Priest is a heel. But if you turn Damian Priest's face and he cashes in, it doesn't really work. I don't know. It's interesting. But it's a very, very cool aside. I think those three guys should be involved in the picture for a long time to come. And we should tell some compelling stories. And I think Drew McIntyre wins it at the latest the Raw Rumble. I don't know when Damian Priest cashes in. That's a very, very good point. Christopher says, if you could be any Disney princess, which one would you want? Uh, I would be um, Jasmine from Aladdin, because that's my favorite Disney film. Obviously, what else? Sean says, if you could join any current faction from any company today, which one would it be and why? Um, I would join the... No, maybe. I mean, the Judgment Day would be up there. That'd be cool. I could be like evil Simon Miller. Best Friends would be cool, because I could be goofy. Is there anything else I'm forgetting here that I should probably join? Let's go with the Judgment Day, right? And then I can have the opening promo of Raw every week. Who doesn't want that? Alex says, should Adam Copeland win the world title this run? Yes. Goes back to what I said earlier. Give me chaos. Give me all of the decisions. He can hold it for a day. Who the flub cares? Several Kenobi says, when are we seeing Simon Miller versus Joe Hendry? No comment. Jack Cassidy, my man, says, are you starting a program with Joe Hendry? Or is he actually going to try to kick your ass? Key word there, Jack, is try. He can try and kick my ass. Really, tell you what pissed me off. I did that tweet because I was just trying to show people how crazy some people are. And people were going, oh, man, you're just a YouTuber. Listen, damn it. I am a YouTuber, but I'm also a wrestler. We can be more than one things. And I'm so bored. <laughs> I'm so bored of that. If you're a plumber, listen right now. Imagine someone said you could only be a plumber. You better flub you. I'm, this is why I can't talk about it. Moving on. Joe, <laughs> why are tribalists so batshit crazy this week? Because they think... That if you're a WWE fan, AEW's out to get them and vice versa. You've said the right word. They're crazy, Joe. <laughs> I don't get it. And I never will. It's truly nuts. But more power too. If they want to be crazy, go crazy. Joshua, <laughs> Joshua says, how much of a little bitch is Joe Hendry? He is a bitch. That's right. And just for, uh, for uh, balance, the last question is, I like this fact this is the last question. Shara says, why are you a big bald idiot? And then there's uh, an emoji of like a totem pole or something. I can't tell what that is. I can't answer that, man. I mean, I'm bald because my genetics suck. And I'm an idiot because that's just what I evolved into. You're right. It is a shame. I don't think I've ever denied that, have I? Definitely a bald. Definitely a moron. Yeah. It's all on me, and I suck, and you should hate me. Right, that's the end of the questions. I should have put the question thing up late, uh, um, later than I did. It only went up like uh, an hour ago, but... I just wanted to make sure we got a podcast done today. So thank you very much for joining me as always. I'm going to edit this right now and just throw it up. So if anything happens in the next five minutes, that's not my fault. There's brand new wrestling news all the time. And if I continue to, to wait for it, I wouldn't get anything done. Although Sam has snuck in there saying, do you think WCW would still be going today if Rick Martel hadn't got injured? You damn right, Sam. Bring back the model. And Stingy says, if you ever get that WWE call, will you demand you start as a security guard and turn wrestler? Probably. Yes. CJ's here too. You get called up to the Rumble. You have 90 seconds. What would you like to do within that time? Anything is possible. Oh, something really silly. Something really eliminate myself because that's going to get talked about way more than if you're, oh, you're a bird. You're running around. Screw that. Give me something absolutely stupid to do 
I have to think of it, but that's what I, that's what I would do. So as always, uh, please check me out on YouTube, search for Simon Miller. I'm on TikTok, Simon J. Miller. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Simon, J, uh, Simon Miller 316. I've got a Patreon. Just do that. Patreon.com for Simon at 316. Uh, Grillamine.com for Simon. I'm on Pro Wrestling Tees, and I am on Samson Athletics. If you want to get my merchandise, you will find me there. And just thank you very much for joining me. I do appreciate it. Keep enjoying wrestling however the hell you want. It's meant to be fun. Take care of yourself, my friends. Goodbye. Yeah.